Today with Catherine Ruinala. Serena, where are you? Where are you? Come up, come up here for a minute, Serena. I'm going to put you on this spot. Could you tell us like in like 90 seconds, two minutes, how did you, how did you get saved? How did that happen? Wow. Okay, so I was in the psychiatric ward. And then um, Erica came up to me. She felt prompted by the Lord to talk to me about Jesus. And I thought, I was like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. You know, religion, la, la, la. She's like, he's not fond of religion. And so I was like, what? And he's like, she's like, yeah, love and all this other stuff. And she showed me Dan, Dan Molnar and um, Todd White's testimony. I saw that on, on YouTube and I was like, sold. <laughs> so yeah, he's just radically changed my life. And I, yeah, and that was on the Facebook Live. Yeah, yeah, Facebook Live, it was your Facebook Live. I just said that a hundred times, but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you, Pastor. Thank you. We love you, Serena. Serena's now doing our academy online. And, you know, I believe that the harvest is more ripe than we could ever know. That the, the Lord is going before us and he's preparing the way for you just to share the good news of the gospel with people because people are looking, whether they know it or not, they are looking for this one thing that is true love. The the world is looking for love, but true love comes only in the form of Jesus Christ who loved us so much that he gave himself for us. Amen? Luke 23, in verse 33, I'm going to read to you. It says here, Speaking of the crucifixion of Jesus, when they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves, and the people stood by looking on. And even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. Have you ever had anybody mock you? Jesus understands. They mocked him, they sneered at him, they, jo- they provoked him, and he, he wouldn't open up his mouth, he wouldn't defend himself. He knew, he knew he was in the purpose of God. He knew he was in the purpose of the Father. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There he is, bleeding and dying, and they're mocking him. Now there was also an inscription above him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Like he is dying himself and he's still hurling abuse. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly for we're receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The Lord looked at him and he said to him, Truly I say to you, today 
you shall be with me in paradise. Oh, the blood of Jesus, the love that God has for us. The kindness of God is just beyond our ability humanly to comprehend. I get surprised continually at the kindness of Christ, at the kindness of the Father. And it's not just the kindness of Christ when he was being crucified. It's the kindness of who was and is and is to come, who is now with us. This one who walks and talks with us, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Father, he is the same one who is unfathomably kind unfathomably patient, who always loves. We sang it, his perfect love could not be overcome. His perfect love cannot be overcome. It cannot be overcome. It is relentless and it is not like human love. Human love is merit-based. Well, I'll love you because God loves because he is love. He can't help himself but love because that's who he is. That's his very definition. He doesn't have love. He is love. He is kindness. And he's consistently kind. When I'm talking with him, often I am shocked and surprised because instinctively I'm sort of expecting that he'll, you know, be a bit rough, a bit, bit tough with me because I feel like I deserve you to be a bit tough with me, God. And he'll come and say something so kind that it shakes me. And I'll remember, he is better than I could ever comprehend. And his kindness doesn't cause me to walk in arrogance or, or take it for granted. His kindness makes me want to love him and worship him more. And in his kindness, he suffered and died. And without defending himself, suffering, the shame, the mocking, it wasn't just even human that was just coming against him. He was taking on the weight of the sin of the whole world. You think you're, you've got some spiritual warfare going on? We can't even possibly comprehend what Jesus was facing. We could never understand the fullness of all that he took. But he did it. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He took on the weight of sin. He who knew no sin took on the punishment of all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt. For those of us who were not even yet born, he was bearing the cost of the sins you would commit. So that... Whoever would put their faith in him, who would believe in this kindness that passes knowledge, would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he suffered in our place, that he died and rose again, 
would not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, the love of Jesus, the kindness of God. They took him and they buried him in a tomb. They had, to, they had a borrowed tomb. And they laid him in a tomb. They wrapped him up. And Jesus went to hell. He, he took away the keys of sin and death. And he overcame death. He paid the penalty because the penalty for sin, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's everybody. None is righteous. No, not one. Nobody is able to qualify themselves to enter the presence of God, to be joined to God because God is holy. And light, the Bible tells us, can have no fellowship with darkness. We can't be joined to Christ as one with him and have any darkness in us. And we can't, by any means, get the darkness out of us. We've been corrupted by sin. So Jesus, who knew no sin, took on your sin, my sin, and the sin of the whole world, He died and he rose again so that you and I, putting our faith in him, could by faith be crucified with him, buried with him, raised up with him, and all of our crookedness would be taken from us. The Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions. That's our sin. He was punished for our sin. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was beaten whipped, beaten for our iniquity. And iniquity actually means our crookedness, everything about us that's crooked, our personality, our nature, crookedness, everything about us that's crooked. Jesus was beaten and punished to take away your crookedness. He doesn't just forgive your sin. He actually gives you a new heart, a new nature, he takes away everything about you that was crooked and restores you to innocence. And then if you sin and you say, oh, God, I'm sorry, have mercy on me, and by faith believe he has forgiven you, you are innocent, you are righteous, righteous as the Son of God himself. It's an astonishing, glorious magnificent message. It is the message of the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. And the good news is that though he was wrapped up in grave clothes and buried, he didn't stay there. We got some foreshadowing of this when Jesus called Lazarus up from the grave. Lazarus had been dead and stinking dead in the tomb for a long time. And Jesus called him up from the grave and he got up, came out of the grave with his grave clothes on and he said, unwrap him. When Jesus rose again, they came to the tomb to try and find him and anoint him and whatever they were going to do, and he wasn't there. But the grave clothes were. 
Uh, neatly folded up, I believe. I want to talk to you a little bit about grave clothes tonight. If you want to turn with me, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is just an amazing book. But Isaiah 52, if you want to turn in your Bibles with me, is an amazing passage. It starts, Awake, awake, clothe yourself in your strength, O Zion. Clothe yourself in your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer come into you. Shake yourself from the dust. Rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the chains around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Verse 3, for thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing and you will be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down as at the first into Egypt to reside there. And then he, he talks about how lovely, verse 7, on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. Our God has come with the joyful good news. When Jesus was born, the angels were singing, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. He came to bring the good news of salvation and of redemption. But I want to take your attention here to, to verse 2, if you'd turn there with me. Verse 2 says this. Shake yourself from the dust. Rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the chains around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For you are sold for nothing and you'll be redeemed without money. Shake yourself from the dust. I've shared this before that my friend Kiralee Lowe, um, she, she pointed out to me this word shake, when you look it up in the Strongs, is fascinating. In the Hebrew, the word shake there is the idea of the rustling of mane, which usually accompanies a lion's roar to tumble about, to shake off, to overthrow, to toss up and down. And the word, the Hebrew word is na'ah. I like that. Na'ah. You know, you and I, when we put our faith in the resurrected Jesus... When we put our faith in the fact that Jesus Christ died, suffered, was buried and rose again and believed that he did it because of his kindness toward us, because of his love for us. If we, like the thief on the cross, will say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I believe you are the son of God and that you are the saviour, have mercy on me. He will, by grace we are saved, through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But having received the Lord Jesus as our saviour, as our redeemer, hallelujah, we walk through life and things still happen. Situations still come up. Temptation comes, difficulty comes, trouble comes. The Bible actually says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, 
for I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. And you don't have to put up with it. You don't have to uh, live under the, the oppression and the muck and the dust that the enemy keeps wanting to throw on you. The dust here is, I believe, representing things from the past, things that have happened to you, things that you've done, shame, guilt, condemnation, things that have happened to you, difficulties and, and, and regrets. You know, the enemy is continually wanting to throw these things at you. Because the Bible tells us here in Romans 8, if you want to turn there, we're skipping around tonight, but Romans chapter 8. I love Romans 8. Tells us, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Often, after we've been born again, the enemy is going to throw stuff at you to get your mind set on those things that are death, that are of the flesh. He's going to keep trying to throw things at you, regret, sin, shame, condemnation. Remember, this, this passage is being written to believers. Hey, remember, there is now no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. Remember, you don't have to set your mind on the things of the flesh. You've been born again. The spirit of Christ lives in you. The old is gone. The new has come. Hallelujah. Knowing that, we have a responsibility to shake ourselves from the dust like the rustling of a lion's mane accompanied by a roar. For me, that looks like a wonderful invitation when the enemy comes in. For me, it's particularly at nighttime because normally in the day I'm pretty busy, but at nighttime suddenly everything's quiet. And I'm ready to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, these these thoughts might come. Oh, what about this situation? Oh, what if that happens? Oh, oh, if only you hadn't done that, or if only that hadn't happened, or if only you'd done something different there, if only, has anyone ever had these sort of voices? Yeah, it's the devil. He's a bad guy. He comes with all sorts of opportunities for you to get your mind set on things of the flesh. Now, I'm not saying that we don't ever think about things that are going on in the world and situations. There is a time and a place for everything. But the word set there is actually to um, ruminate on, to 
give yourself to, to entertain yourself with. You and I are not called to entertain ourselves with any thought that isn't life and peace, that isn't of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Hallelujah. So if it's not love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, if it doesn't fit into those categories, it doesn't deserve to be entertained in your brain. If it is like condemnation, worry, fear, or oh, I have to think about this, I have to think about this, it's a lie, you thought about that a hundred times already, stop it and recognize, hey, there's an intruder in my bedroom. And we need to go, nah, I'm not going to give you my thoughts, I'm not going to give you my attention. You see, whatever gets your attention gets you. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace, but the mindset on the flesh is death. The enemy wants to steal from you. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your hope, the joy of your salvation. And you have to say, nah, nah, done. It is finished. It was done. I don't have to have that anymore. I am no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to anything that isn't love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I am no longer a slave to anything other than the law of the spirit of life, which has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Now, if you're like my husband, you go, oh, I don't really know what you're talking about. I hit the pillow and go to sleep, which he does. It's like a gift. I need that gift. I wish he could just lay hands on me and give me this gift. However, male or female, you will experience the enemy coming along. <laughs> Let's think about this. Because he knows if he can get you entertaining your mind with fear, worry, torment, regret, pain, oh, bad things, what if, oh, I think this, oh, look, look at that, oh, it's terrible. And get you, get you actually setting your mind on it, he will get your emotion, he'll get your heart, and then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. The people around you, instead of getting love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, they're going to get worry, fear, yuck. Or if the enemy comes along and gets you starting judging somebody else, oh, well, you know, my partner, they're like this and they, know, they don't make me feel like I'm supposed to feel and they don't do, or they're lazy or they're this, and you, you start ruminating on that, you start setting your mind on that sort of thing. Out of your mouth is going to come what you've been going on in your heart. You're going to start judging them. You're going to end up in a conflict and, and nothing's going to get better. You do that with your children, your spouse, your, your workmates, your boss. All of that only leads to a cycle of sin and death. We need to be smart and arise and shake ourselves from any dust that's trying to cling on, any things that are trying to hold on and, and allow themselves to, to become habitual little voices. And we need to say, not going there, devil. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. I'm not going to give you my attention. I'm not going to give you my focus. 
I'm going to instead choose to fix my thoughts on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report, Philippians 4. Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to set my mind on things above. Because when we choose to set our mind, when we recognize that the cross has given us power not to be victims to everything the enemy wants to bring our way, but we have power to say, no, ah, in the name of Jesus, I see you. I know. Hey, what are you doing here? This place belongs, my room belongs to God. I let my peace come upon it. I see you. I know what you're doing. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. Resist the devil and he will flee. The problem is a lot of us just let him live there. Ooh, he's back again. Oh, this is terrible. He's back again. I believe, though, that there's a holy roar starting to come up in the hearts of the people of God. As the people of God are experiencing the love of God, the kindness of God, the revelation of the power of his Holy Spirit, there is an awakening and an arising where the people of God are going to say, I'm going to shake myself from the dust. I am no longer going to live with the identity of my past. I'm no longer going to live and put up with this that the enemy keeps trying to bring at me, I'm going to say, nah, in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to give my focus to who he is.